On board the USS White D. Eisenhower in the Red Sea off the coast of Yemen, there are no training missions. Every time one of these F-18 Super Hornets launch, they launch into what's called a weapons engagement zone, meaning we are close enough to the hostile that they're firing these guys. So when these F-18 now back to the Pete McMurray Show. How loud is that? Oh my God. Mike Tobin, you can see him weekdays on Fox News Channel. Mike is a great friend of the show. We always appreciate his time. He is live from Tel Aviv. Let's say hello to Mike Tobin. That footage that you posted on social media, off the charts. <laughs> well, I tell you what, there aren't many guys who have been able, I mean, first of all, I, I, I'm so glad for my career because I, mean, I, go, I see a lot of horrible stuff. And uh, frankly, the reason I was on the, on the carrier is because bad stuff is happening. But how many guys get an opportunity to do that? I mean, the guys in the Navy never get to go on the, uh, the flight deck of an aircraft carrier that's uh, in the middle of flight operations. And it wasn't just a training operation. That was combat. Right. Mike, they... you're in a war zone here. And you're doing live coverage from the top of the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower. You know, it's serious stuff, and I I don't want to overshadow the seriousness of it, but I was talking even with the safety officer on the flight deck who's been there for uh, 20 years in service, and he said it never gets old, watching something as cool as an F-18 Super Hornet take off from the flight deck. You talk about how loud it is. First of all, we had double hearing protection on uh, if you saw the video and the, and the stuff they put on the air, right? Uh, you've got the big, you know, the outer hearing protection. But we also had the had the uh, the foam roll ups stuffed in our ears, and uh, it's still when those things take off, it shakes your whole skeleton. It is just a marvel of technology. You know, frankly, you know what I always think about when I see an aircraft carrier or like in-flight refueling is that somebody at some point pitched that idea. <laughs> Right. And somebody else said, yeah, okay, we'll make it work. <laughs> oh, my God! We can land a on a boat. <laughs> As you're describing this, it does, I just keep thinking of the words shock and awe. And like you said, the incredible technology. We hear about the incredible technology, but I know that most civilians never see it, and probably for good reason. I'm just so in awe of the technology that is on there. Are there things that you saw that you wish the rest of us could all see for ourselves? Well, to see the, uh, the precision, it's, it's, you know, it's a combination of technology and ultimately the skill that's built uh, not only into the pilots, but, but the flight deck. And George Will once wrote about flight operations on an aircraft carrier as a ballet. But you've got all these different guys. They've got uh, like these big primary color shirts. If you think about like, like the Top Gun sequence you've seen, some guys have yellow shirts, some guys have red shirts. Uh, each one of them has a different job. And they've got those big hand signals that they're that they they've got all worked out. And obviously, there's no room for error. You can't screw that up and and think you can recover. And um, so to to just watch all of that happen and the guys who are uh, hooking the tow bar on the front wheel of the F-18 into the shuttle, that's the catapult that you know flings them over the side of the uh, mm. of the aircraft carrier. Um, to, to watch all of that work together. And then they, they do, you know, recovery is when they land back on the carrier. There are four wires stretched across the stern of the aircraft carrier, and those are the arresting cables. And a hook comes down on the end of the, uh, of the fighter, right. and it has to snag one of those wires because you've got to stop the, uh, the aircraft before the end of the carrier. I mean, the aircraft carriers are huge, 
they're they're five acres, but it's not that big when you're landing an F-18 on them. Right. How big is that? How big is that runway, Mike? You know, it's my second time on an aircraft carrier. The first time I was on the Theodore Roosevelt, I thought how big it was. This time I was looking at it, I thought, man, it's just not very big yeah. for what they have to do. Right. And uh, one of the things you'll notice when, if you ever see, um, if you, or you saw my piece, I had I had some of the um, the landings on there yep. when they snagged the wire. Right. Uh, they rev the engines to, to full power as they land because mm-hmm. there's always a chance that the tail hook's not going to catch the wire. Mm-hmm. And they'll go off of the, they'll end up going off the bow of the ship and they've got to take off and do it again. I saw one guy met. And he did just what he was supposed to do, read the engines, took off, came around and landed again. Jeez, man. Yeah. A fraction of a second if you miss it. I mean, you have to be prepared for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys have uh, <laughs> that's another level of guts what it, those guys are doing. And they launch, you know, into, they're going into Yemen. They're going into the uh, Houthi-controlled territories, and um, they, they have to act very fast. They talk a lot about uh, dynamic targets. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they're taken off without necessarily a target, but the Houthis are, are putting some of these anti-ship missiles, uh, anti-ship ballistic missiles, drones or whatever on the rails. Mm-hmm. And these guys, will, you know, they get the intel and they go and they whack on real quick. The precision, what they do, the guts of these guys, uh, the, the, the depth of knowledge they have for doing their job is just, it's remarkable. You know, you always got to respect uh, your, your men and women who serve. And uh, the funny thing about an aircraft carrier is um, you can't have guys just wandering around on the flight deck. It's all mm-hmm. very serious business if a guy goes out there. So there's a lot of guys, particularly the guys who are not operating the, uh, uh, the nuclear reactors in the carrier, they, they tease those guys about being vampires because they don't see the light of day for a long time. Their job is all below deck. They oh, might as well wow. be on a submarine. Oh. Yeah. It sounds like you're on this most technically advanced thing. It's it's like David and Goliath between the U.S. military and the Houthis, or is it more evenly matched than we think? No, it's not really evenly matched at all. I mean, the, the Houthis are getting the weaponry from Iran, so they do have a, a better weaponry. They, they've got these ballistic anti-ship missiles, which uh, up until recently um, had rarely been used. So they, they do have some some technology. They're mostly firing at the ships going up through uh, Babel Mandeb and through the Red Sea and through the Suez Canal. And, and you think about the service the, these guys are providing in the process trying to protect those ships, because if they, if they can't go through the Red Sea, mm-hmm. they've got to go all the way down around the Cape of Good Hope, the south of Africa, and it adds, a, a, I saw an estimate, it adds a million bucks to every shipment if they've got to do that. Wow. So we're talking about the Houthi rebels. You mentioned this on television. You mentioned it on social media. It's nonstop attacks towards the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower. Well, nonstop defensive position. They've always got to be ready. They, right. And they have fired at, at U.S. warships that are part of this, uh, the, the carrier strike group, which is strike group two. Uh, they have fired at U.S. warships, but they're mostly trying to menace the, the, the trade that's coming through uh, the Red Sea. Right, and, right. Uh, you think about it. I remember long. It's kind of sad that I read the IRA handbook, but I did. And uh, <laughs> what he does sad. in his spare time, folks. <laughs> yeah. um, one of the goals is make sure that no one can ever forget you. So they oh, impact okay. shipping. Yep. And they impact you know that that impacts the price of tank, price of gas in your car. Right. You said the aircraft carrier is five acres. What is that the equivalent to? What kind of building? The Willis Tower, Empire State Building. You know, I think I heard one of the uh, the captains say it's it's the Empire State Building laying down. 
That's what I, I thought. I think I, I think I, I don't. I'm not going to say 100, but I remember that conversation. It's big. We're talking with Mike Tobin, who is in Tel Aviv. Mike, Palestinians gathered to receive humanitarian aid this week in northern Gaza. Israeli forces started shooting. Now more than 100 people killed. The death toll is now over 30,000 dead. We also saw protests in Tel Aviv as police were using water cannons to fend off protesters. They were protesting for Netanyahu's resignation. Mike, I know there was talk of a ceasefire by Monday, but that's not going to happen. I know that Netanyahu was on the hot seat before October 7th. But with these protests, are we seeing a turn by the Israeli people for their support for Netanyahu during this war? Well, what that is, is every uh, Saturday night when the, uh, when the Shabbat is over and the sun goes down, there's a protest that forms up uh, near um, Israel's version of the Pentagon called the Tiria. And that's the families of the hostages. Okay. And it started out uh, as a protest just to keep awareness that the hostages were there and the government can't forget about them. It has evolved into an anti-government, anti-Netanyahu protest. Got it. Okay. And, uh, it's getting a little more spirited every week. And you saw it got to the point now where the, uh, you had the Israeli riot control turn the water cannons on. Israelis. Right. So uh, it's a, that's, a, that's a big development. When do you think the tide turned for Israelis and their support for Netanyahu, knowing that after October 7th, people were really rallying behind him, but now it seems, like you said, things are split and there's protesters on the ground? Well, in terms of support for Netanyahu, he was really facing a lot of opposition prior to October 7th. He had uh, made some moves that really undermined the judicial branch of government and empowered the majority in the uh, Israeli Congress, uh, the Israeli parliament, the Knesset. And so the lawmakers had all the powers, and it was taking away the power of the, of the judges, and the Israeli public didn't like it. They had these huge protests that were going on just about every week. And October 7th did a lot for Netanyahu mm-hmm. in terms of uh, increasing his uh, importance and, and keeping him in office at a, at a time like that, you want it. You want a hawk. You want a, a, a an aggressive politician who will who will go to war. And so his his popularity not really increased, but his relevance increased. I think it'd be a better way to put it. And uh, you still have a lot of Israelis who don't like Benjamin Netanyahu. And uh, it would be if they had a, a, had an election right now. I don't know if his um, um, if his Likud party would would prevail. And if he does, if he doesn't win, it's kind of interesting because he's as prime minister, he has a lot of powers that keep him out of the courts, and he's he's got his own corruption trial that he's facing. So if he doesn't stay in power, he's got a whole another set of problems. Mike, we have about forty seconds left. Are they even talking about negotiating a ceasefire? Yes, they are. There's a delegation that's in Doha, Qatar, right now, negotiating a ceasefire in exchange for about forty. Uh, Israeli hostages, and that would, that would equal like 400 Palestinian prisoners. The, uh, Joe Biden said there's optimism. The uh, negotiating parties aren't that optimistic. Do you feel safe over there? Yeah, yeah, I do. At this point, the um, uh, the rocket fire out of the Gaza Strip has been minimized. Uh, the the rocket fire in the north of the country coming from Hezbollah is increasing quite a bit. That is really ramping up there, but right now they're not... They can reach Tel Aviv, but they're not doing it right now. Well, you are crushing your coverage on television. Check out Mike Tobin, Fox News Channel. Be safe, buddy, and we'll see you soon. 
I appreciate it. More of the Pete McMurray Show next. 